Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Malonsal. Welcome to the Twyla After Show. We are joined by Carl Wiggers, co-producer yep. of This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, co-hosts Avery Davidson and Kristen Oaks-White, and Jennifer Finley, who is, we have got, uh, we're going to talk to you about your Field to Feast this week, is that right? Yes, I'm very excited. Was it a good one? Oh, very it was excited. great. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, see. Uh, before we get to all that. Okay, because I was going to say. Before we get to all that, we're, they, we're, I've got a question for you. you got a question, okay. What do you want for Christmas, little boys and girls? It is Christmas time. It is. Um, Avery, Avery, you go first. I'm why, trying to think. Why am I he's, going he's, first? He's looking at his okay. list. I guess I should go first. Get off but, your phone. Unplug. Yeah. Well, my, he, my he's looking phone his list up. is my list that I submitted to my wife because, you know, she loves lists. So probably the, the number one thing I'm asking for. Permission to go outside. <laughs> yeah, actually. Can I please just go outside and play? No. Um, a, a, a sous vide, an immersion cooker. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I've been wanting one of those to nice. play with for quite a while. And so uh, I figured they're cheap enough now and available enough now. The other thing I do have on my Christmas list, though, and this is honest to God truth, is the um, Ernie Ball Music Man, John Petrucci signature steakhouse guitar. Oh, valued at yeah, $4,999.99. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Special. I want power tools. You do? What do you get? Of course, you're a guy who builds stuff. What <laughs> I, really, do you want? I really want a new set of like 20 volt DeWalt stuff. If anybody out there has a DeWalt connection <laughs> yeah. or just a bunch of it sitting around. Now, that's what I that's that's what I think I'm going to be getting uh, either before or after Christmas sales or something. I don't know. You'll if if Santa use? Claus doesn't mm-hmm. bring it to me. More hydroponics. Hey, got to have something to build it with. What about you, Neil? What do you want for Christmas? Or you know what today is? It's uh, Krampusnacht. Krampusnacht. Yes, it's the the night of Krampus, the German uh, goblin that's uh, the counterpart to Santa Claus in in Germanic tradition. Great, great holiday. (laughs) Puts children in a sack and beats them with birches. (laughs) Torments them with rusty chains. Yeah. Where is it? What what, what happened? What do you want? What do you want for Christmas, Neil? (laughs) Well, I guess the number one thing is I want one of those like forty-inch curved monitors for my computer. Oh yeah. Do you game uh, on it? I do. No, I've seen a lot of gamers that get into that curved screen. I do. They're they're awesome. Um, I also want a Scar H, which is a gun. A gun. Yeah. It's expensive. It's like $8,000. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. not getting you that. You thought no. your guitar was expensive. But really, I guess what I'm angling for now is spending cash for Japan because I'm ah. going there early uh, ahead of the ag leadership trip coming So, up. wait, you're, you're getting a vacation out of that work trip that yes. we're going on together? Yes, and it's I, I don't want to reveal how much money I spent on the tickets because it's it's tiny. It, it's it's like a yeah. A it's just a few Houston. yen. Yeah. What Kristen? about you, Kristen? Yeah. I want new co-workers. Oh, my. <laughs> Good choice. A donkey uh-huh. and a shotgun. You want a, a donkey for I what? Really like you really want a donkey? I don't know. We got to put something in that barn, and I figure that a horse is too expensive. So, <laughs> well, you've got a barn. I mean, why not? No, why I, not go for the horse? It's Christmas. I, I would like the rest. I would like some furniture. Oh, so got that, got that house to fill or, up. Or just my, or just my credit card paid. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. you haven't yeah. been using that any buying yeah. a new house or anything. Yeah, yeah. tell Landon to sell some of them soybeans. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Easier said than done, I'm sure. Jennifer, what about you? Well, I'm glad I got to go last because I always want to make sure that I'm not envious of what everybody else is <laughs> saying. Um, although I, oh, want I want that too. Kristen's want house that too. with yeah. the barn, please. Yeah. It's a dream. Um, yes. Uh, well, we're taking the kids skiing, so um, we need all the things that go with that. Since we live in South Louisiana, we have none of it. <laughs> you don't have ski clothes. <laughs> 
So I'm hoping Santa just brings those because they're going to be wasted afterwards. What in the world do you do? I guess maybe we could go to the um, one of those shops that somebody this else did this before or, me. Yeah, yeah my, rent them. I, I remember we used to. Is that like rent the runway? Do they rent, <laughs> rent the ski? We well, definitely have rent kids? ski equipment. Yeah, yeah I know the that. ski equipment for sure. But I remember we used to borrow clothes from friends. That I mean, because it's one of those things you go once, once. maybe every couple years right. at the best. And they will have grown so oh, yeah. much. I remember so. we used to borrow. I, I had a good friend that used to go all the time, and we would borrow like. What what kids we could we would just try to gather from different friends and stuff that went often. Amazon, <laughs> yeah, but you can get some like ski pants and really, yeah, they're not the the high end ones, but it's going to be serve the purpose. And they're young, so they don't. I'm really cold. jealous. Yeah. I want to go skiing so bad. I've had the itch for like two or three years to go skiing, and we still haven't done it. So you've never been? I've never been skiing. I, in I my went life. the first year of graduate school, and I learned that there were more ways to fall down a mountain than I'd ever imagined. <laughs> uh, I would have loved to have been there. I saw the other day face planted bad the last <laughs> time I went. The ski ranger came by. He was laughing. He was like, are you okay? <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't contain it because I'm sure it looked spectacular. But I went I went uh, head over heels, literally. <laughs> I saw the other day somebody like skiing through some fresh powder. It was one of those mm. on Facebook. It was one of those expectations versus reality. <laughs> and it was this guy. It was beautiful, like probably a professional skier you're skiing down some really fresh powder, you know, and uh, off the trail kind of like you know, looking. And then there was this other guy trudging like waist deep through the same powder. Like the, the reality picture was pretty funny. But it, even that gave me the itch to go. So I'm, We got kicked I'm off the, uh, what do you call it, little, little ski lift thing? Gondola mm-hmm. or the lift? Yeah. Yeah. Landon had never, this was, he had never had skis on his feet before when we went this spring. And it is not fun, by the way, to go with somebody. I think I could go with all of y'all skiing, but it's not fun to go with somebody who's really good when you're not, mm. oh, because really? it is the most miserable experience. Growing is up, landing really good? No, no, <laughs> the, no. Oh, okay. he's not. No, but I've been with people who are really good, and it. I just go. You just go. Just go <laughs> along without me. Right, have fun. Okay. Yeah, we had friends that used to go every Christmas, like the day after Christmas, they'd go, and it was a big group from home. Uh, just different families mm-hmm. that would all go every year. And then when we would finally go, you know, every fifth year, depending on how the crop was that year, we would go. And I'm like, just, I want to hang out with my buddies, but at the same time, I'm like, y'all want to hold them up. Y'all yeah. are just in another level. Y'all go do y'all's thing. I'll see y'all later on this evening. Yeah. Katie and Brad brought us to, they ski all, they lived in Colorado mm-hmm. and they brought us up on the black slopes because oh my God. he was like, Kristen, you've been before, and he said, Landon, you're athletic. You'll pick it up. And I went, no, no, no. Literally, when you got off the lift, it dropped down, and I said no. So we rode the lift back. Oh, Have you ever gosh. seen anybody riding it down? Because it doesn't happen. It's humiliating, probably. Yes. I said, this is so embarrassing. I hate this. Only only the best friends would take you up to the top of a black Yeah, yeah. black run. diamond. I had a similar experience, and I was the second time I went, I was in Reno. And I was going to – I got skis, a friend of mine and I – and when we got out there, it was like all 14-year-old kids with snowboards who were just giving us the up and down, like, ugh, you know, looking at yeah. these old people. Well, that's skis. where we're going, Reno and Lake Tahoe. Get snowboards for the kids because they yeah. all the kids uh, well, have we're snowboards. Gonna, the first day, we're going to uh, let them ski, and the second day, we're going to let them snowboard because I have a feeling that once they snowboard, they're not going to go back. And I want to make sure that they try the skis. 
Just to say they at least tried. Uh Mm Uh-huh, because nowadays, I guess everybody prefers Mm -hmm. the snowboarding. Yeah, they they all like snowboarding. Well, moving on, let's talk about, um, well, let's talk about Field Feast, because first off, because it's the new content for the show. And uh, where'd you go and what'd you eat? So uh, we went to Homa's house again. They just put up their Christmas decorations, and it is gorgeous. A winter wonderland? Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to go back at night um, because we went during the day so that we could film in the kitchen when they're not very busy because between now and then they're just churning and burning when it comes to visitors and people going. It's a wonderful place to go um, have dinner, go get cocktails at the Turtle Bar. But we made some Louisiana crawfish and rice. Um mm always you know a good choice coming up on on the crawfish season soon um but he made these crawfish cakes so a lot like crab cakes but with crawfish and everything was already pre-cooked i thought that was really cool because there's no raw eggs in it or raw shrimp so you can make the mixture in advance keep it in the refrigerator have a bunch of people over for Christmas, and all you have to do is just put it in your skillet and fry them up and get them brown. But you've got this beautiful entree to put out at your table that looks like you've been working for seven hours, and nice. it really takes you about seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was real pretty, real Christmassy in color, things like that. And we had a little sauce on top of it. And then next he did um, a red snapper, which uh, one of the coolest things he did is um, he made – certain cuts in it that um, allowed it to sear mm-hmm. in a way that it stayed crispy on the outside. Now, and is this Sheriff, Chef Tori McPhail? No, this is Chef Jeremy Langlois. Okay. So he has been with Homa's House. He was with John Fulce for a while. Right. Um, and he is phenomenal. He really just has, he's one of those guys, he's very methodical and knows what to say and what to do. And bam, 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 it looks so easy. He's he also just, super personable. Yes. Like I can tell when y'all are on camera together, he's just, y'all are just, you know, just jibbing and jabbing right there together, and it's just it's it's nice seeing y'all work together. In well, the he said I was invited back any time, and I said you need to be very careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you went back the next day, is what you're saying? Is that the day after, and the next, and the like, next. where's my food? And, <laughs> and friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Well, you know, and they are so personable, but that's you know that's something we have here in in Louisiana and in the South in general, and a lot of these chefs that I get the privilege to hang out with in the kitchen um you know when you when you go in the back with them like that there's such passion that drives them every single day and like ella brennan used to tell me um with with chefs she was working with it was all about whether or not they had magic in their hands and so um you could you know you can tell when it's um it's a calling Right. And uh, Jeremy has a calling for sure. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there and you're watching him and you just know he has magic in his hands. You can almost like Harry Potter see all of the little sparkles Mm -hmm. coming out. And it's so easy for him. But he made a pumpkin blanc sauce uh, full of uh, butter. Of course. It's Louisiana. That's what makes it taste good. Oh, my Lord. Not fat free at all. No. Um, So it was. Absolutely delicious. Now, you, um, I interrupted you about the fish dish. Tell me, yeah, the red snapper. You. Yes, so it was red snapper, and it had the pumpkin beurre blanc on top of it, um, okay. and then the other was the crawfish and rice uh, mm-hmm. crawfish cake. Wow! Um, but really great dishes for Christmas, and very easy. I mean, we actually shot this somewhat to time. I mean, there was not a lot of editing involved there, which means that in this seven to nine minutes of cooking, it's 
seven to nine minutes of cooking. Mm. Um, So you can have this all local, all fresh. The snapper was, you know, local, fresh, Mm -hmm. everything. The pumpkin. um, And, you know, he is a big advocate of our farmer's market. And they go um, to the farmer's market and buy all of their ingredients. He was cutting the herbs straight, you know, and putting them straight on the on the dish from the plant. Um, That's cool. But he is very fresh and local ingredient guy. And boy, can you taste those Louisiana yeah. flavors. Makes a difference. Well, you, you had the crawfish and the rice. They could have been raised together, grown together right there over there in uh, Evangeline Parish. Another thing about that, and I just, I, I learned about the kala the other day in New Orleans when I was um, hanging out with another chef of Galatoire's, but we were cooking um, with the leftover rice, and that's what he used for the crawfish cake, too. So a big thing is not to throw out all that great leftover rice. Because, What's it called? So uh, kala, which is the original beignet, and um, mm. but it's it's back in the... I don't know, 1902, you can find these pictures of um, some of the African ladies selling kala from the top of their head, and a lot of them were paying for their freedom. Um, and wow. they would use this leftover rice and put these cakes together and go up and down the streets of New Orleans saying, <laughs> kala, kala, touche, kala. Or it was um, just a beautiful little story, but I found Jeremy was using the leftover rice as well. So in a lot of these dishes, um, this versatile rice is not only great night of, but make a big batch of it and then just keep cooking with it all week. Hmm. <laughs> I like that. Sounds like it saves time the next day. Yes, it does. See, I, I used to just make a rice porridge what, with my leftover rice like the next morning. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, you lost Kristen with that. <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. Brown rice with, with some milk and a little brown sugar. Maybe a little vanilla? No. Mm-mm. Let's let Jennifer stick to the, the cooking segments. <laughs> it sounds really good. I, One of the I'm, things I'm, looking I'm, I'm interrupting to. you. Go ahead. One of the things about Hummus House is their plates. They have some custom china. Is that right? Yes. Did you, whenever, I can't believe you caught you picked well, up on that. I've That's been hysterical. there to a wedding before, okay. and I was blown away. I was like, it was a full like sit down meal, and I was like, wow, their plates are beautiful. They must have had a good harvest. <laughs> what I love is the way in which Carl says "homus house." Homus. Homus house. Homus. Like we had at lunch. What did I say? Homus house. You still thinking about lunch at Sarops? Say it. Homus. Homus house. It's very. My bad. My no, bad. No, it's very, very, <laughs> very <laughs> close. It could just be your twang. It, I mean, it's it could, probably just the redneck in me that I talked about <laughs> right, last week's exactly. show. Exactly. Uh, the O is silent. But <laughs> those plates looked beautiful with those dishes, in, and you'll see it in the story. That it's blue, that really royal blue. So beautiful. It's rare to see that yeah. royal blue. Very distinctual. That's that's cool that you saw that. Did y'all do any more touring of the the the? Plantation. So, uh, yes, and they had a kumquat tr- tree that he talked about, um, and we pulled some. I didn't really realize that you literally just wash those off and throw them, pop them in your mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. So that was delicious. Had to do that. Um, they have a garden. Um, they grow everything fresh, so they had their mustards and their collards. And, oh, I, I could be Peter Rabbit for sure and be fine because it was just deliciousness in a mm-hmm. garden. Um, he walked around and— um, he showed us this staircase, uh, 
inside. So beautiful. You'll have to go see this. But it is made from one continuous piece of wood that goes all the way up three flights in a spiral. And the way that they did it is they used to dip it in the Mississippi River and bend it. I mean, it was just very, it was this cool thing. And so he said that they filmed a movie there once, a horror movie. And at the top of it, somebody, y'all would love this. This is very (laughs) Avery and Neil. At the top of it, somebody macheted off his head and it came rolling all that (laughs) down the stairs. And so every time Jeremy walks in that room, he's like, you know, busts out laughing Mm -hmm. because he just sees this. So is it the rail? The rail. The rail is this continuous piece piece of wood that was carved and bent, uh, you know, with the Mississippi water. That reminds me of that church in Santa Fe. Have you heard of it? Where they didn't use nails; they built everything, you know, with jointed wood and that kind of thing. It's a craftsmanship that you is just unique. And then the owner has um, collected. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad you asked these things. I should have written them all down. But he had his own collection, so it was great that he bought the Homeless House because he has the Homeless House because he has a place to put all these things. But he has thousands of those really fancy glass ornaments everywhere. And then he has this um, Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to find out more and tell you about the next podcast <laughs> because I remember just being like, oh, my gosh, this, 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 this. So not only should you go and have a lovely dinner, but I do recommend uh, taking the time to take a tour and learning more about it. And they give those tours? They do all the time. Thousands of people. So not just people with video, with like with a video crew. Well, we had the special behind the scenes with the chef, so that made it different. Got you. Cool. I'm, I, I've been there as a for the for a wedding, and I've now I feel like I've been there a couple of times with these segments. But now I want to go and just like take it in as a tourist. Go as go on a date. <laughs> yeah. You take your wife. Mm-hmm. She would love it. If, whenever you need Can't some brownie seafood. points. So it does. They have more than seafood. Do they? Oh, my goodness. We'll yes. Do it we'll it do does it. function like a restaurant, too. Absolutely. They okay. have three. And if you oh, stay wow. overnight, they have this lovely place where you sit down and have breakfast. Mm. Oh, it's gorgeous. So they wow. have different dining rooms. Definitely. Check Staycation. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Exactly. We'll have to link that up on our website so yes. everybody can see and it. And the recipes are on our website for the dishes that we prepared. Yeah. Right. saw that. That's going to be cool. Well, we have a look-back show for the rest of the show this what week. What is the look-back show? It's where we look back on what we think are the most important stories of this 2019. But what instead of talking about the stories, because you can watch them, and we've already aired and talked about those on podcasts, what do you guys think are the most important stories we've done on Twyla this year? What do you think about when you think about 2019? So I think about what we saw in terms of disasters yeah. overall. And I know... This is coming from the hard news guy. You're going to have, you know, the bleeds it leads sort of mentality. But, you know, we really had major flooding because of what happened with the Mississippi being at, at above flood stage for a record number of days. We had Hurricane Barry, which when we first when it was first coming in over at Vermilion Parish, you know, we didn't think it was going to be much. And then it gets to the middle part of the state. And just inundates of, of Oils Parish, Rapides Parish, and Evangeline Parish. Um, you know, and we got to also say that the, the whole trade dispute, while, you know, we're fortunate that the administration came through with the MFP to help keep people going, it still has caused problems with the markets, you know. so And I mean, we're covering that all the way into the last week. We yeah. talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you mentioned, the weather, you mentioned Hurricane Barry and, uh, 
you know, the Mississippi River, but we also had a tornado come through. I, that was one. Yeah. Of, that was the story I put in the show. I felt like because it was a really, it was one of the ones I felt good about because I, you know, shot a lot of great video, terrible video, kind of bleeds it leads thing, but yeah, uh, terribly great video. I thought uh, just showing that some of the damage, the destruction of that her, uh, tornado that came through, but also the community coming together, which is a part of the story that we like to focus on because you see it all the time in agriculture. Yeah. Disasters will always bring out the best and the worst in people. Sure. And we're fortunate that in agriculture, nine times uh, out of out of nine, <laughs> you're going to have people come together and it's the best that's going to come out. Definitely. Yeah. I, the iconic image for me for this past year in terms of, at least in terms of disaster, was going out on Larto Lake with Luke Sace. And I reference this in my story. I'm, I'm showing the, the overall Morganza story, but this was the another story that I did with Luke Sace out up there in Lardo. And we get on the boat on a, on a highway, and we go on to Lardo Lake. Was this the airboat story? No. no. This okay. was different. This was up in um, Avoyles Parish. And we get out on Larto Lake in his little you know boat, and we continue on in the boat across the highway to his fields. And we park on an island that he had. They, they knew it was near Lardo, so they put their equipment shed up on a hill, which became an island. And 2,000 plus acres of his were looked identical to Lardo Lake. So all the way across the, the road, all, all the way around the shop, it was just one big continuous body of water. And you know, normally that's dry land. There were people, Lardo Lake has a bunch of little camps and houses and things like that, most of which fortunately were up on stilts. But I mean, there was water up almost to the second floor in some of those places. It well, was how that are high. they now? Well, they've dried out long since. But I mean, a lot of those people, he said, uh, when I was out there, he said, watch when the water goes down, you're going to see a lot of those places for sale. And sure enough, they are. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, for him, for Luke, I mean, the land dried out, but he couldn't plant on it. It was, it was way it's too late hydrated. for that. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, 2,000 acres. Now, fortunately, they farm 5,000 acres. But what if, you know, you're going along in mid-year and I come to you in your job and say, oh, by the way, I'm cutting two-fifths of your profit out uh, for the for the year. Enjoy. It might be two-fifths of your income, and it, which right. is all of your profit. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so. And then some. Uh, yeah, you're, it's, that's right. It's your gross. And so, I mean. How do you plan for that? How do you, what do you do for that? And that's, that was to me just. I remember being on that, and I mean, it's fun to be on the boat, but you're just sitting there over heartbreak. And, mm -hmm. and Luke's okay. He's a great farmer. I mean, they, they they worked it in, and they got a great corn crop out and that kind of thing, but you're just sitting there thinking what could have been. And that was the story for many farmers. I mean, many farmers had 100% of their stuff underwater okay. or that was ruined at the end. I was about to say, even, even when it wasn't a disaster like that, I don't think that any farmer can sit at the end of 2019 and say that this was a stellar year for them. I just don't know. I mean, between the prices and just about everybody, this, you can testify to the story in Franklin Parish with corn. Did you hear anybody say, I had an awesome crop mm -mm. this no, year? No, Yields were average area, yeah. or below average. Mm -hmm. It's just... Sugarcane was the same way, even though it wasn't as affected. It had different... Uh, things going on with it. Uh, I mean, building on that, there's, there's, they talked about that this year was very similar to the mid '80s, and and a lot of people. I wasn't in the business at that time, but 
1985, 86 were some of the worst in farming in the U.S. history. And many, many people went out of business and bankrupt the farm. They had a strong centralized farm program at the time and people still went out of business. This year we've seen bankruptcies up 24% year over year. That's you know, mm-hmm. a quarter of all farmers. I mean, that's, you know, not a quarter of all farmers, but that's, I mean, a quarter of, of more of what they they saw in 2018, which was not a great year in and of itself. Rice farmers were, you know, they were, they keep expecting a great year. This wasn't it for them either. And we've been fortunate here in Louisiana. We've only seen, uh, you know, loan delinquencies go up by two to 3%. We haven't seen the number of bankruptcies, but just because you don't see a bankruptcy doesn't mean that someone's not calling it quits. A lot of times right. it's air quotes retirement. And a lot of that is going to come the spring when they're not going to be able to get bank loans. So is that a bankruptcy? No. I mean, it's not technically. They may not have filed for that or they may file later on. But if a, a, a lot of the banks are going to be looking at this trade situation and say there's nothing there to, to invest in. How can is, you pencil out? Exactly. Exactly. Well, on a different topic, but <laughs> I, equally as serious, I think we had another big event that happened this year, the governor's election. Yep. And I think that we, if we want to toot our own horn, did a good job of covering all three of the major candidates mm-hmm. from an ag perspective. Avery, you can probably talk about that since you... <laughs> well, since I interviewed all of them. Yeah. We had to interview all three of them. But, you know, and that, and that was absolutely an honor, you know, to be able to sit down with all three of these men who... Who really put themselves out there mm-hmm. and uh, hold their feet to the fire in terms of agriculture? Yeah, yeah you didn't let them. You didn't let off the hook. Off the hook. Well, you got to answer the questions that our farmers and ranchers are going to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that was what I wanted to get out of it. I hope that that helped guide some people in their decisions. You know, I I, I leave my own personal politics out of it because it's so whacked out. It, it it doesn't make sense to most people. But I just all I wanted was for people to go to know their candidates and go out and vote. Mm. That's all yeah. I care about. If you if you vote Republican, that's great. If you vote uh, Democrat, that's great. You just you stand behind what you believe and you vote. And you, if you know the candidates and you've studied the issues, listen, I I will be I I will cheer for you when you come out of that booth. I guarantee you, for what I saw this year, interview wise, we probably had more of Eddie Rasponi than he did every other media combined. Advertising aside, but all of that that. That airtime, I don't. He didn't give to anybody else. We had to really we had know, to work, work at with it. them to to really get him. And that I, I just throwing this out there that may have been uh, worked against him in the time because a lot besides us. I mean, how did the people get to know the candidate there? And and that yeah. that does regardless of your politics or who you voted for it. It's it's one of those things that you have to do. But I also think it speaks to Mr. Rasponi's um, high regard for farmers and ranchers yes. because he knows that they are going to be chronic voters. And two, Mr. Rasponi was a really nice guy. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed talking to him. Uh, yeah. Carl, you and Neil, you. yeah, you, y'all were both there with me. And after each interview, I was like, I want to vote for this guy. I mm. want to vote for this guy. I yeah. want to vote for this guy. I, you can't vote for all three. You got to pick one. But, uh, you know, I was just really impressed with each of the candidates. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Congressman Abraham, been knowing him for years. Uh, Governor Edwards, I'd interviewed him a number of times. This was my first chance to to meet uh, Mr. Rasponi. However, I 
knew his uh, stepson very well. He used to, he used to work over at WBRZ. This what I said. It was in a knock against. Isn't a knock against him. It's just there was a campaign strategy to keep him out of a lot of interviews, and it may have backfired. So well, they they people do need to get to know their candidates, and people did get to know him. I, I was just looking earlier over some of the videos this year. Uh, what was popular? What was you know what was well received? What was you know. Sometimes it's a surprise. One of our top videos on Facebook is a video from 2017 of Landon on uh, in the grain tanks oh. um, doing the, the demonstration. Whatever. But on YouTube, one of our top videos this year was the interview with Eddie Responi. It had like two or 3,000 views, which is a lot on our YouTube page because some videos have 15 views or 30 views or 200 views, but two or 3,000 that's that's pretty significant. People right. were looking for that, so I People, thought it was cool that we were part of the 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 group that supplied that resource to. And most the of that came after the first runoff, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Went, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's Edwards and Responi. Who's Responi? And they started googling. Well, they found us. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. I've got to attack our audience right now because oh you're saying twenty five hundred views of Mr. Responi's interview. I've seen cats with four million views. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well. All right. There's only three and a half million in the state. How many do you want? <laughs> multiple views. Right. Multiple views. That includes uh, children. We're talking about YouTube. That's one of the things I wanted to brag on. Um, Kristen, she handles a lot of our Facebook and social media work. And that's something. So some people may listen to this and not really understand what all comes out of our department. Mm-hmm. You know, we also manage a few websites. Mm-hmm. We manage. Uh, now we have three podcasts that we have i don't know how many facebook pages and <laughs> she does how many how many facebook pages do we have a lot a lot <laughs> i mean we have you know farm bureau twyla farmers young farmers and ranchers women's, women's committee, committee the queen um farm bureau member benefits member benefits there's a lot voice of, of Louisiana places Agriculture. voice of Louisiana. we have plenty of things to maintain and we do all of that while we put together a tv show and these podcasts and radio reports and serve our members and our, you know, this organization, which is pretty, it's a, it's a fun job, mm-hmm. but it's a lot to manage. And we've s- somehow managed to grow and to do, I think, pretty well in a lot of those areas. Yeah. For, for folks who, who don't necessarily know, maybe casually listen to this podcast, I mean, we work for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. We are all employees in the communications department uh, for the Louisiana Farm Bureau. That said, we do more now than I think this communications department has ever done. I mean, it used to be they would just do a newspaper, which turned into an annual newspaper, the radio network, and the TV show, which when it started out was just pretty much two people working on it. Yep. Um, that was a department of four, if I'm remembering three. correctly. Three early on, then finally at, it was up to four. We were at our height seven. We're now five, mm-hmm. and still putting out all of this content. And that's uh, every time I think about that, I keep pointing the fingers at Carl, at Neil, at Kristen, at Monica Velasquez, our graphic designer. They're the ones who are who are getting all this content out and really doing a great job of putting it out there. That's uh, sweet. I didn't. That's not why I brought this up. No, but I mean, <laughs> but it's the truth. People need to know. I mean, what? How many? How few people are actually mm-hmm. working on all of these little? The, I say little projects. These big projects because they mean a lot. They're they're mm-hmm. important. Yeah. 
Well, I we haven't gotten to Jennifer and what her favorite field to feast was from this past yeah. year. Or back, sorry, back back, <laughs> back to oh, reflecting on the year on the, on the year. Yeah. Oh goodness, I don't have a favorite. I yes, really it is. Yes, you do. well, they're all so very different. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I I have. Uh, Who's your favorite child? Which one? Pick. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's so terrible. Yeah. I did very much enjoy um, and still think about often uh, when Chef Tori and I went to Mushroom Maggie's, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was just literally. Literally walking in that room with all of those different mushrooms was one of the coolest experiences. I had no idea they were grown like that. One of my favorites was Sobu because I got to go on. Of course, ah, steak and, and that was well. Talk about delicious! It oh, really was. Gosh, yeah. that one, was of, so one of the things good. I want to ask you about. Now you've done twelve of these. You've done an entire year of you know field to feast, which this is a segment. Of this uh, you used to do these as a entire TV show, right? Correct. How does it feel, kind of being back in that? Or do you feel back in the rhythm yet? It's awesome. I remember right when we first had this conversation and I said, um, you know, I don't know what we're going to be until we go out and become who we're supposed to be. And so I had no idea where Field Field to Feast was going to inevitably end up, but we had to have this year of growth and um, trying different things. And it really has been awesome to talk to all of these farmers and to get everything from the field gathered and then brought into these kitchens with these fantastic chefs that happen to be good friends of mine. Um, And really what it's become is greater than my expectations. And so I'm super excited and absolutely love the segment. I hope that y'all, everybody has enjoyed it because it is certainly a part of my heart now and and I'm not letting it go. (laughs) (laughs) So we got big plans for next year. Any bow fishing or deer hunting? Yes, that, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We actually, when we were at the um, New Orleans fish market, we had talked about uh, going on a bow fishing tournament for redfish. Mm. And um, so everybody was super excited. So we're probably going to gonna head out and, and see if we can. You know, there's a real beauty and art to that because you have to pull back and then the magnification of the water. You have to right when you think you're going to go, just juke it in front of it just a little bit and let it go. And so, it, oh, it's so exciting. I can't wait. That sounds like fun. We look forward to that. You want to come on that one too, Neil? Yeah, it might be fun. Awesome. Yeah, I do like fishing. I want to go deep sea fishing, though. We should do that. Well, that's, that's fantastic, too. We could go get some tuna and wahoo and Absolutely. you name it. Can maybe. You yeah. me, can you do me one favor? If uh, what Neil would goes? you like to do? Where's no, your Christmas like... wish in this? Well, <laughs> throw Neil overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Absolutely. would like not. For all of us to go overboard, I'm sure. <laughs> She's already made That's that her Christmas wish. <laughs> Christmas wish. Well, that we I look throw forward to that overboard. in the new year, and as well as many other shows. Uh, of course, we're going to come back. This is our last show for the year, our last podcast for mm-hmm. the year. We'll be back in February because we're going to Thailand and Japan as part of Ag Leadership, as well as uh, some other stuff. American Farm Bureau is another big one. Mm-hmm. And um, Kristen and, and Jennifer, I know, are going to uh, American Farm Bureau. Is that right? Anyway, and Monica Velasquez, I can't leave her out. She's not um, she's not much for talking on air, but uh, we'll um, uh, we do want to remember her. Mm. We got to get her on here. We do. We got we got five here. in here now. She's Why fun. not add a, one more? Why not? We should have brought Lacey in too. <laughs> and Lacey, our intern, back in here. Anyway, we want to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Merry Happy New Year, whatever you celebrate. We wish it to you. On behalf of Jennifer Finley, Avery Davidson, Kristen Oaks White, and Carl Wiggers, and myself. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next year. Bye.
If you can, subscribe to us on your favorite place to get podcasts. Also, leave us a review wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, and let us know what you think about the show. Reviews are great, but sharing is how you show that you're caring. So bring (laughs) your mother in, bring your sister in, share this podcast with them, let them know that you enjoy listening to the Twyla After Show. And don't forget this podcast is produced by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. 